Hello, and welcome to The Other Six Podcast, where we talk about life, scripture, and what it looks like to follow Jesus, not just on Sundays, but on the other six days of the week. Hello and welcome to the Other Six Podcast. With me today is Tim Stewart. Good morning. And Patrick Andrews. Hello, everybody. And my name is Preston. And today we are going to dive into a conversation on one of the Psalms. In fact, for the next few weeks, we'll be talking about some Psalms because uh, during the Sunday morning services at North Liberty Church of Christ, we're walking through the life of David. And so we've actually selected a number of Psalms written by David to talk about and just get a little bit of insight to what was going on in David's life and what can we pull from that that we can apply to our daily faith that we can work on the other six days of the week, not just on Sundays. But first, before we dive into that, let's have another March Madness tournament. Uh, Last time we decided a serial winner. That was fun. And it was... uh, Reese's Puffs, right? Yeah, Reese's Puffs yeah. won. Close second, Lucky Charms. Not even close. <laughs> and <laughs> should have won. <laughs> and the today rest were awful. <laughs> we're going into another March Madness bracket of fast food chains. Yeah. And yeah, so, uh, Patrick, you're leading us off in this tournament. Bracket. Yeah. Give us so our first. We seat. have eight of some of our favorite fast food places, and we we didn't do seating, so some of these matchups are going to be pretty. You know, right off the pretty bat. Rival, right off the bat. Big rivalries right here. So let's start off with McDonald's or Chick fil A. Oh my goodness. You know that they, I mean those those are the number two the, the top two yeah. choices. They've got to be, right? Yeah, I'm sure they are. I mean yeah. maybe we're revealing our hands a little early, but I feel like one of these two is gonna win, right? <laughs> so yeah, I guess I I'm not sure how I'm gonna weigh my options on these because I definitely spend more money at McDonald's. Okay. Personally. Okay. Because I don't have a Chick-fil-A. There's not a Chick-fil-A in LaPorte. So we have to go 40 minutes Yeah, but that's way. not your fault. Yeah, exactly. That's Chick-fil-A's fault. So I have a strong opinion. I have to maybe hold him against I them. have a strong opinion. What's your opinion? Uh, So if all we're doing is fries. Talking just about fries. Okay. okay? Which we're not. But if we were, McDonald's have a 10 out of 10 fry on a good day. And if, if you eat them within... Five or six minutes. Right. <laughs> the thing was, 50% of the time you go to McDonald's, you get amazing fries. Mm-hmm. 50% of the time you go to McDonald's, you are disappointed, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Chick-fil-A, I think, has really good fries, mm-hmm. but they're always that good. That's like, true. it's never a 50-50 situation. Yeah. I think for consistency's sake, Chick-fil-A, fry-wise, Chick-fil-A's got to take it. Then you get into the other realm. <laughs> McDonald's has a bigger variety of like they have beef yeah, and they, they have do. chicken and they have all that kind of stuff. Um, so oh man, it's really hard. It's really hard. So for me, that being said, that I have to drive forty minutes to go to a Chick Fil A over at McDonald's, I choose Chick Fil A because I will drive the forty minutes. You make it more special to go get. I see a Chick Fil A sandwich. What about you, Tim? I grew up on McDonald's. Used to love it. Kind of still do. But I maybe eat there once a year now. Really? And uh, Chick-fil-A tops it. There you go. Boom. Well, I guess my vote doesn't count, but I think (laughs) I would have actually picked McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. Depending on what else is on that list. Really, the only thing I get at McDonald's anymore is the uh, fish 
filet sandwich. They got good. They yeah. got good burgers, man. <laughs> they, they do. Th- have they're, 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 when they bun, stopped, their buns aren't really good. I don't no, like their buns, buns aren't. Yeah. But when they stopped freezing, they're like quarter pounder burgers. Oh, they got really so good. good. They got so really good. good. All right, anyways, we next are one. moving on with Chick Fil A there. So then the next one is Wendy's and Arby's. Oh, Battle man. of the E's. I said this. I said this before we started recording, but I'll say it again. I feel like I'm me and Tim are the only people in the world that like Arby's. Because on the internet, everyone just hates on Arby's. And they're like, no one likes Arby's. And if you like Arby's, then you're from, I don't know, Alabama or something. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't remember. (laughs) Sorry if you're from Alabama. (laughs) Uh, But I like Arby's. I like Arby's. I like Arby's, too. I like Arby's. I I like Wendy's. I think they have a really good burger. Uh, The Baconator is unmatched when it comes to the burger game. For me, I love just a meaty, bacony, mayonnaise burger. I'm not – after Dave passed, I think they just went, downhill. went downhill. Quality went downhill. Yeah. I don't even like their fries anymore. They're, I used to think they had the best fries. No. Uh, even, no, they've even, changed their even fries like so five times, times in the last yeah. three yeah. years. Yeah, and they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> they Everyone – I don't know. They, they think they're really good, yeah. but I don't think they're good. No, I, I like Ar- – I'm going to choose Arby's because of their milkshake game. Arby's is slept on. Their fry game yeah. is – it goes hard. I think their milkshakes are top tier. I actually have never had a milkshake. Oh, you from need Arby's. to get up. You need to get Arby's. <laughs> also, milkshake. they have I can't remember what it's called. Meat Mountain Burger or whatever. <laughs> I, I really can't remember what it's called, but I did get it once. Really? Uh, as a joke. Um, but I, and then you've done it every time since. <laughs> no, I've, I have actually haven't been back since. <laughs> but I got in the drive-through and I was like, hey. I heard something about a meat mountain. She's like, "Yeah, sure, here it is." <laughs> it's like fifteen bucks. There you go. But it's basically every sandwich they have Just shoved into one sandwich. <laughs> oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. So you, what do you pick, Tim? I'm I'm Arby's. Yeah. So I that's a their clean sweep. Yeah. I, that's about the only thing I like there too. I'm kind of surprised that Wendy's is out first round, but I think the Wendy's that we have local is just not it. Yeah, it's just not that good. That might be it. If it was Joplin Wendy's, then I'd feel more highly about it because I think they have a better Wendy's. That, that may have done it. All right, next we have Burger King versus Taco Bell. See, this one is so hard for me too. <laughs> I love Burger King. Yeah, their burgers are so good. Their fries are good. Yeah, their their soda fountain is good. Mm-hmm. Everything about Burger King is great. You're looking at me like you disagree, Tim. <laughs> no. no <you laughs> if, if I had to choose between the two, it'd be Burger King, even though I like Taco Bell's uh, Supreme Burrito. Man, that's it. So there's this there's this joke online about Taco Bell how they always have new menu items and and then they go away after a month, right? Yeah. But it's literally just a tortilla, cheese, meat, and sour cream, and then maybe something different, the no. different sauce put no. in there. So you disagree? I disagree. I think I think if any if Taco Bell has anything going for it, they are the most creative fast food chain. They turned a chicken <laughs> a fried chicken into a taco they shell they right yeah they do stuff like that all the time they create these these crazy unimaginable things that are your it, they're in your dreams at midnight because you're like man i just really want a taco made out of doritos <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> but besides that one that one's stuck but when you're sitting there dreaming like oh i really want one and then you actually get up and go and then you're like no that doesn't that's not a thing anymore we don't have that anymore that's a big bummer yeah but what do they have <laughs> I mean something else something yeah, that might be true. better they might have a different new creative thing burrito supreme uh, I'm going Burger King because they are so good 
Burger King's, like you said, they're burgers. Are you going Burger fries. King too? Yeah, I'm going Burger King. I'm going to vote Taco Bell just because I think they deserve a vote. Yeah, that's I like true. them both. No, I, I like them both. But. I agree. I love Taco Bell, but I got to go with Burger King just because their burgers are so good. That last matchup before we get into the final four is Sonic versus KFC, which I think these are probably the two places that I never go out to eat. I don't. Yeah. So it, let's hear Tim. Tim, you you suggested both of these options to be put in the tournament. Well, you guys were looking for something. Well, yeah, I know. for something. <laughs> so I'm just curious. Uh, uh, what, I, what I'll, I'll go with uh, KFC. You're going to go no, KFC? The last time I've been to Sonic was probably 10, 12, 13 years ago. When, Only because I had to. When I was in high school, everybody we got a Sonic somewhere in South Bend, and everybody was raving about like, oh, like cherry limeade. You can mix. You can mix your drinks there. It's so cool. I was like, I can mix my drinks at McDonald's like myself, like with the, with the oh. pounds. It's not like the lime is not and cherry like the stuff, same. But and Sonic I remember is nugget ice. I, they have good ice. Nugget ice. They have oh, like yes, little tiny they ones. Do. I remember going to Sonic with all these hopes and dreams that it was going to be the best thing ever, and being thoroughly disappointed. But that being said. I hate eating chicken off of the bone. Oh, really? Uh huh. So I mean, yeah. I would. So when you go when you go to wings, you get the fake, fake stuff. No, it's real chicken. It's just boneless. Uh, it's not a wing. <laughs> it's not a wing. It's a chicken nugget. Well, that's fine. It's, it's chicken so, patty. I get more chicken. It's like a than what's on a wing, and I don't have to work for it. <laughs> I just I just get to eat it. I don't have to get messy or anything. I use a fork like a civilized human being. And uh, enjoy it that way. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with KFC just because of Sonic. Really? Sonic left a bad taste in my mouth. I would have gone Sonic, and here's why. Let me let me argue. Let me argue you. Okay. Let's all right, all right. Maybe you can change okay. my mind. No other fast food chain has hot dogs. I don't care. I <laughs> Dog and suds. What? <laughs> you don't even know what that is. It's not on. I don't know what it is. It's not on our list, and I've never heard of it before. So I, I don't think I can justify buying a hot dog at a restaurant. What? Because I can make a hot dog just fine. Oh, my gosh. They have, like, they have chili dogs. (laughs) Listen, KFC, they do chicken. They do good chicken. Everyone does chicken, right? That's true. Chick-fil-A does chicken. Popeye's does chicken. You can get a drumstick at Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. You can get chicken wherever you want. But to just be able to go through a drive-thru and get a fresh hot dog and a cool mixed drink or even summer of shakes, half-price shakes after eight, right? Um, And plus, Sonic has a, a little... Their their niche of you they they have the drive through but you also like pull up your car up, yeah. and they have the car hops and everything yeah. and it's it makes it a little bit of a fun experience yeah um, for all those reasons I'm out they also have <laughs> breakfast all day Sonic does that, all right I mean I'll have to I'll give it another shot you've convinced me to go again but you're not gonna but vote I'm not for voting it. for it right. so yeah KFC right. goes on so this next matchup then is Chick Fil A versus Arby's Chick Fil A Chick Fil A Chick Fil A all right that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got Burger King and KFC. Uh, Burger King over KFC. I'm I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say the same because I'd rather have a burger than chicken that I don't want to eat off of the boat. True. So yeah, I mean if we're talking fast food, I'm driving. It's gonna be a burger. Yeah, yeah. So we've got Burger King in the finals. Burger King versus Chick Fil A, which are such opposites. It's. Preston's got. It. <laughs> it felt like you were ready to answer that as I, soon as it. Came I don't out. know. See, people. There, there. Come on. No, listen, <laughs> listen. People who are close to me know I am a Burger King advocate. Yeah. Because I think that people aren't going enough. I think that their burgers are way underrated. Burgers are the, good. Their Whopper 
Best tasting burger that you can get in fast yeah. food. It's uh, better than McDonald's burger by far. Absolutely. And I like McDonald's burgers, right? Yeah. But a Burger King burger, the char the char grill taste, uh, flame grill, whatever, mm-hmm. like it's the best tasting burger that you can get at a fast food chain, in yeah. my opinion. I think their fries are solid. They're not as good, but they're solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have pretty good desserts there too. Yeah. yeah. Chick-fil-A, does, they're great. Mm-hmm. They do one thing. That's that's what we have to remember. Chick fil A is amazing at one thing. Yeah, and it's definitely not desserts because their ice dream is not good. <laughs> their shakes are good though. I haven't really had their shakes, but oh man, are you, what? So ah. you're, I know you're voting Burger King. I'm going Chick fil A. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Come on, you're going to drive 40 minutes either way to get Chick-fil-A, and now you're going to back out on them? Well, Listen, that was against McDonald's. Chick-fil-A's got, is... chick, Chick-fil-A's got good chicken, but also Burger King has chicken fries. They're, they're chicken in the shape of fries. Well, see, yeah, that's the problem with a lot of these other fast food places. They try to expand their menu to win over the hearts of Chick-fil-A fans, <laughs> and you're not going to do that. Man, uh, I, will, I will make one good argument for Chick-fil-A is their lines are, you can just get through. That's true. Yeah, and the quick. experience, just service. like the customer service there. Yeah. 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 That, I didn't put that into consideration. Overall, overall. Overall. I'm going to say Chick-fil-A. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And I hope Edward's not listening because <laughs> I voted Burger King. <laughs> so Chick-fil-A moves on. It's, right. the, it's the champion. Chick-fil-A is our March Madness victor. Best fast food chain as approved by the other six podcasts. Uh, and known worldwide, apparently. Like that's We can just make that claim, right? Yeah, worldwide yeah. best. The world voted yeah, that, yeah. that um, Chick-fil-A is the best. And if you think we'd... we'd Miss did one or didn't put one on the list, let us know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, can we post that on Facebook? Yeah, it'll uh, be when on this Facebook. episode comes out, yeah. and then you can respond and let us know what Don't your vote. favorite fast food chain is and how uh, they are wrong <laughs> for picking Chick fil A over Burger King. Every episode of the Other Six podcast, we want to take a moment to um, highlight one of the missions that we support here at North Liberty Church of Christ. And this week, we're going to talk about fame. FAME stands for the Fellowship of Associates of Medical Evangelism. It was founded in 1970. FAME has helped build over 70 facilities in 29 countries, and their core values are evangelism, compassion, empowerment, sustainability, and partnership. Their core activities are giving by supporting sustainable health care projects, sending medical supplies and medicine, and by mobilizing short-term mission trips. If you want to learn more about fame or any of the other missions that we support here as a church, you can go to northliberty.cc slash missions. All right. Well, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, Psalm 63 today, a psalm written by David. And uh, the caption or the heading on the top of most of our Bibles is um, praise for a God who satisfies or something along those lines. Let's go ahead and start off by just reading through uh, this this whole chapter. It's not very long, but let's read through uh, Psalm 63. Sure. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, and my body longs for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods, and with singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you, I think of you through the watches of the night. 
And because you are my help, I will sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed, and they will go down to the depths of the earth, and they will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him. With the mouths of liars will be silenced. All right, so at the top of this psalm, it says, A Psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. Um, let's get a little bit of background to where where David is when he writes this psalm. Tim, you want to help us out here? Yeah, um, after I read the psalm, um, when you look up different uh, what different commentaries would say about this, um, this is when David was leaving the city of Jerusalem. After his uh, issue with his son Absalom, when Absalom was trying to kill him, take over the throne, and as he's going through the Kidron Valley and up through uh, Mount of Olives, uh, heading out into the desert, um, they also have the ark with them. And so, in this particular psalm, it talks about the sanctuary, you know, and, and David was, was able to, you know, get a, a view of, of that in a lot of different ways. But uh, so, so this basically, David writes this psalm. Um, I don't know if it was during, after, what time he, he actually wrote it, but it was his experience leaving Jerusalem and his heartache, you know, for his son, for Jerusalem, you know, for the Ark of the Covenant being removed from him for that, for that time being. And, and then the cool thing about David, he's very consistent when, when it comes to the Psalms. He always has pretty much the same elements. He's talking about something uh, painful that's happening in his life, but he's also in the, in the midst of all that, he's talking about how awesome God is and how faithful God is. And always at the end of the Psalm, not always, but most of the time at the end of the Psalms that he writes, um, God's victorious. God brings victory back to him. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to hear what David prayed for about his enemies being, you know, food for jackals, mm-hmm. um, he knows that his son is part of that mm-hmm. food chain. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine being a dad knowing that your son's going to be, you know, maybe not literally food for the jackals, but, you know, he was killed. Yeah, in this battle. Um, so that's kind of the history behind uh, why David wrote this particular psalm. He's away from Jerusalem. And he even talks about in verse uh, 2 Samuel chapter 15, it says, uh, uh, The whole countryside wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king also crossed the Kidron Valley, and all the people moved on toward the desert. And, and so, again, and then later, in a few verses later, it talks about the, the, the Ark of the Covenant going out with him, and then David told, tells um, them to take the, the ark back. And he even said in verse, uh, I think, 20, 28 there, that uh, take it back and uh, prayerfully God will bless me so I can come back and see it. Mm-hmm. And it's heartfelt. You know. I think it's important to really understand what David is working with right now because, like I said, this, this psalm is captioned, praise a God who satisfies. And when I think of satisfying or, or satisfaction, I'm thinking of, uh, well, really I'm thinking of a lot of physical needs being met. And so, um, you know, I think of eating a good meal, which clearly David does too, because he references that a couple of times mm-hmm. in the Psalm and, or I think of being comfortable, being warm, being well fed, being, um, having plenty of, to drink, all of those things. Like when I think of satisfied, I think of comfortable, I think mm-hmm. of, uh, those kinds of things. And clearly David's not even in this position. And he's praising a God who satisfies while he's in a position where he's not being satisfied sure. by mm-hmm. physical needs. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the interesting thing here is, though, as, as David's leaving, um, you know, 
many of us, all his family goes with him and, and different uh, uh, nationalities go with him. Most of the men of Israel's heart were for Absalom. But even on that journey, uh, God is providing for him the entire way. And then later on, when he gets up to the Mount of Olives, um, maybe a little past that, there's another gentleman there who has taken care of um, Mephibosheth, and he provided donkeys, mules for David. And because David, when he left the city, he was barefoot. He, he had his head covered. He was crying, and, and all of Jerusalem was crying with him. So along the way, God did provide. Yeah. But, but I mean, he... And, and he provided enough for David to be sustained, Survive, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But even you see in the beginning of this psalm, uh, let me flip over to it real quick. Um, he, he just talks, I'm, my whole being longs for you. I'm in a dry and I'm, I'm in a parched land and there is no water. Um, and then he's, he basically says in that next section, like, I'm in a place where there's nothing to satisfy, but your love is better than water in life like yeah. right now i'd rather have your your love than water even though i'm so thirsty mm-hmm. um so in, in this setting when he's writing this yes he's surviving he's got his basic needs are like you know somewhat met but he's not physically satisfied which i think is really important because um when we're talking about praising a god who satisfies it's it's important for us to recognize what exactly we're looking for in that satisfaction with god um, and I think this psalm kind of points out every unmet need that we have, whether that unmet need is hunger or thirst or comfort or whatever that is, every unmet need that we have in um, our physical needs is a reminder of a God who satisfies a need that only he can meet. Um, this psalm makes me think of the the woman at the well, where um, there's a woman and Jesus you know, they're pouring water. Jesus asks, can you get me some water? And uh, Jesus offers, hey, do you want a drink that's going to make you never thirsty again? And she's like, well, yes, because mm-hmm. I'm always thirsty. I-, I always need water. I always have to come to this well. And Jesus, you know, I don't want to be here because the people see me at the well. You know, she's, she's got all these excuses, but but she's longing. Give me something that I'm not going to have to keep coming back for. And uh, the answer is not a cup of water. It's It's Jesus Christ. And I think that David understood this long before the woman at the well did. Um, Absolutely. That he, he understood that Jesus satisfies in a way that I'm not going to, I'm not thirsty for Jesus again in a week or in a day. Well, it, right here, um, he's, what has been able to sustain, to sustain him is the fact that God has provided for him in the past, so he knows that God's going to provide for him in the right. future. And it's not, like you said, it's not just always a physical. And when he talks about here, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Remember the vision of the ark going back into Jerusalem, and David's no longer around that that one thing that they, you know, not worship, but they. Uh, it was their, it was their presence of God. Yeah, and uh, and he remembered that, and that, and he says, maybe the Lord will be gracious enough for me to come back. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that gave him hope, and and that that. Uh, um, perseverance to, to continue on knowing that his God has been faithful to him this whole time. And, and, and I believe that God was going to, or he believed that God was going to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Oh, go go ahead. ahead. It's a, um, it, it challenges me personally on like how I view God. Um, because I think it's easy to read, especially if you're just trying to read through Psalms or maybe you're reading one Psalm a day to not look at like what the context of, that psalm was so looking back and actually 
like putting yourself in David's shoes in that moment. And like when I'm having a bad day, I'm not being driven out of the city <laughs> by my son yeah. as a tyrant king trying to take over. Um, but my my problems are even smaller than that. But am I turning to God for those things? Um, that first verse is that he earnestly is seeking him. And that, like you said, his soul thirsts for him. Like, does my soul thirst for God mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm in when I'm in a deep end and I'm not feeling super strong? It's challenging to me. Um, and then in verse six, it says, that, "On my bed, I remember you." Um, and then I think of you through the watches of the night. Um, I was convicted a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about confining God to certain spaces in our life, but not through our whole life. Um, like with my daughter, we pray with her every night before she goes to bed, but then are we confining God to just bedtime routine? Mm-hmm. Um, so not only not only to not take him from that space and through your whole life, but it says through the watches of your of the night, and I'm picturing that he's he's on duty at night, keeping an eye out for enemies coming that might come and try to chase them down. Like during his job and what he's supposed to be doing, he's still keeping God at the forefront. Mm-hmm. He's still thinking of him even when he's got other responsibilities um, to be doing, but he's keeping God there first on his mind. It's interesting that you you talk about kind of putting God in a box and, and compartmentalizing him to certain certain places because really the Ark of the Covenant was that. <laughs> it was a literal box <laughs> that yeah. we put God doesn't need a box. God yeah. doesn't need a building. God doesn't need a home. He's God. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's all things all at once. Um but but we humans put him in a box. And um and the Ark left David and he longed to be back in the presence. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of an inverse, a little bit of a, a little bit of what you were saying too, sure. where uh, we can we compartmentalize God to these different areas of our life, but we don't necessarily like include Him in our whole entire life. David had understood God to be existing in just the Ark of the Covenant mm. to an extent, and that Ark left, but he longed to be. He wanted that to be just near him. He just wanted mm. to be near the Ark. He wanted to go see the Ark. He wanted to be in the presence of God. Um, day and night, mm-hmm. not just, you know, for him, it wasn't a, you know, I guess when I lay down to sleep, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do my prayer, which he says here, yeah. but it's a, a, a daily, um, constant longing to be in that presence. Mm-hmm. There again, there in verse two, it says, I have seen you in the, in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. And when, when I first read that, I wasn't even thinking about the Ark of the Covenant, Right. <clears throat> I, I sometimes believe that David understood that the world was God's sanctuary and David and God was ever present for mm-hmm. him because everywhere he went, even when King Saul was after him and he was in a cave, you know, God was with him. He's, 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 he's leading the way in every situation in David's life. And, and he recognized that. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes he, he may have missed it a little until somebody was trying to force his hand to do something he shouldn't have done. And he go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I got to get focused here because my God has brought me here. Yeah. You know, and, and that happens with us in life too. You know, we get so down and depressed and uh, wallowing around in our self-pity that uh, we think that there, you know, nobody else has experienced what we've experienced or God's not around, but God's there all the time. And it's like what in, in uh, John, when uh, the, the man uh, born blind and, and uh, the disciples were asking, did God, or did this man sin or his parents? And no, this. This is going to, the outcome of this is going to glorify God. 
And I think that's the cool thing about David. No matter what was going on in his life, the end, the outcome was always God is going to be glorified mm-hmm. because God's sanctuary is everywhere. Well, and, and you see that in every psalm that David writes, besides one. Yeah. Um, that every psalm, even no matter what circumstance he's in, no matter who he's running from or where he's hiding or how upset or angry he is, the end of the psalm always turns around besides that one. Uh, what is it, 86? Mm-hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, always turns back to God and says, but it's okay because you're God. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, it's okay. I know you're God. Um, and, you know, honestly, he, probably if he kept writing, I think it's 86, but I might be wrong. Uh, if he would have kept writing, he probably would have come around on that one too. <laughs> um, one of the things that really stands out to me about Psalm 63 is, and we're, especially in the context of this podcast, we're talking about how do we have an everyday faith, not just on Sundays, but every day. Um, I think David's a great example of that, just reading through this psalm, right? He's not waiting until he's... He's not he's not waiting to that specific time. He's not. He's just constantly longing and... Uh, seeking God and, and writing and praying for God. Um, but the way that he praises God, he lays it out, and I like the way that he describes it with, uh, he kind of points to body parts, right? He says, I praise you with my gaze and my eyes in Psalm or in uh, verse 2. Um, in verses 3 and 5, he says, I praise you with my lips. Um, in, in verse 4, he says, I praise you with my hands. And in verse 6, he says, I meditate on you. I think about you. I, in my, it, to me, that's I praise you with my mind. And so he's not just, you know, he, he's praising God with his eyes, his lips, his hands, and his mind. His, his whole body, um, in fact, all of those physical attributes that are having unmet needs in this case for David, he's praising God with all of this. With his lips that thirst, he's praising God. And he's saying, you're, you're feeling that, uh, even though I'm, I'm thirsty and, um, with his hands that are tired, mm-hmm. he, he's praising God. And with his mind that is distracted and running and scared, he's using his mind to praise God. Every aspect of who he is, he points that and, and turns it to God mm-hmm. and uses it for praise. Well, he brings that all around there in verse eight, where he says, my soul clings to you. Yeah. My soul, the deepest parts of who we are. Mm-hmm. The, the unphysical. Yeah. yeah. That kind of leads into what I was looking at. And in verses 3, 4, 5, and 7, he constantly is talking about worship and how he's worshiping. And like you said, he's worshiping with his hands, his eyes, and his his lips. Um, but it challenges me. is like our, when, we're, when we're worshiping God, do we wait for that to be on a Sunday thing too? And even then on Sunday, when we're worshiping and as a congregation, or is our soul in it? Like David's is constantly. Do we even put it off on the the 15 minutes that we get to together as a congregation and worship together? Is our soul really in it or is our mind in other places? Um, but then in the context of the other six days of the week, like what are we doing the rest of the week? Like David here, he's, he's constantly in God's presence or seeking God's presence, like, are we doing that? And and how can we worship throughout the week? And it doesn't always have to be singing. I think that's the one that we always go back to. But like he says, he's worshiping in different ways. There's so many different ways to worship throughout the week, do the other six days. Well, I think that if our heart, like our, if our soul is wanting to cling to God and we're praising and worshiping God throughout the week, it's going to allow our attitude and our posture 
to be a whole lot better place we're here on Sunday mornings instead of think, seeing and recognizing things that we don't like. Um, I'm here for God. I'm here mm-hmm. to worship and honor my God because of everything that happened in the week that he got me through. And I think if, if, our, if our soul is clinging to God, we almost can't help but worship God in that. So it's, it's kind of that check there. It's like, am I really clinging towards God? Is my soul really leaning towards that? Yeah. For me, one of the things that when I'm thinking through what does a psalm mean for the other six days of the week, um, I keep coming back to this idea that of, of those unmet physical needs. And I think one way that we can, we can find praise for God is we experience thirst daily, you know, not the thirst that David is experiencing, but there are times every day where you go, oh, I need some water, and you go drink. And there are times every day where you go, oh, I need some food, and you go and you eat, or I need to sleep, and you go and you sleep. And for me, I think one way that we can praise God on a continual basis is every time to, to, to take captive those feelings of unmet physical needs, of every time I thirst for something, every time I hunger for something, or does, you know, I, I have a physical need that needs to be met, then we should use that as a reminder for the what 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 God actually offers us, mm-hmm. which goes so far beyond a snack <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a bottle of water, yeah. right? Um, every unmet physical need that we have every day of the week, we can use that as a reminder to focus and dwell and uh, take captive those thoughts to to turn our our gaze and our hands and our eyes and our lips and our mind and our soul onto the person of God and, and Jesus, mm-hmm. and just remember the satisfaction that he brings that can't be met with any of the things that we have in front of us. It uh, can only be met by God himself. Uh, verse 5 says, My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. I love the picture he does there because um, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of like the meal that, that I eat and I walk away or waddle away, you know, whatever it is. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm talking prime rib, potatoes, sweet tea. That's exactly what the message says. Uh, the message translation really? says prime rib and mashed potatoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking. I'm yeah. like, like, I'm thinking sitting down at a, an amazing meal that I've looked forward to all week long, and I devour some delicious prime rib and potatoes and, like, you know, everything. And it's mm-hmm. so good. Maybe we go back to the top of this episode. Maybe I eat like whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. fast food sandwich. That's yeah. never going to make me feel that good. But um, anyways, the the way that you feel satisfied, oh my gosh, you just lean back in your chair and you're like, oh, that was the best meal I've ever had. Mm-hmm. That's what David feels without even eating food. Yeah. Is he feels that in his soul just focusing on God. Man, how good is God mm-hmm. that that he could he could make us feel like we have just eaten the most beautiful meal. Not physically mm-hmm. feel that way, but, but to be spiritually full and spiritually satisfied in comparison to what we feel after eating the richest of foods is what David says. But whatever that you know favorite food or, or makes you feel that way for you specifically, and God satisfies that in a way that only He can. Mm-hmm. And um, and man, we should be chasing after that. Like, well, and, and, and the cool thing here, if you, the last part of this chapter gives us the reason why David wrote this psalm, and yet he's still satisfied, mm-hmm. walking away, or not walking away, but walking with God. Mm-hmm. His soul is satisfied uh, with who God is, knowing that people were trying to kill him. Yeah. And 
and and you you compare that to our lives today what we don't have anything to compare that to we we people we get upset with people they get upset with us and yet david has people his own son trying to kill him and yet mm-hmm. he was still satisfied and stayed stayed so focused on god it yeah. was incredible mm-hmm. he still ends his day feeling like he just ate a prime rib yeah, <laughs> yeah. my god is good yeah All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up our conversation on Psalm 63. Uh, So thank you, Tim. Thank you, Patrick. My name is Preston. This has been The Other Six Podcast, and we'll see you again in a couple weeks.